After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hello there, kids. Welcome to another edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Your dog will never be thirsty again. I find that hard to believe. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. So that is um, that little clip I played. Your dog will never be thirsty again. I mean, first of all, that's a really bold claim. It, it comes from a product called... Uh, Aqua Dog, which is basically like a water bottle. Have you you've seen the commercials for these, right? Yeah, we were. I think we grabbed that audio together. Um, it was for. Uh, it's like a thing that you stick on top of a water bottle. It looks like an average water bottle. They sell you the whole thing, but then the top that you screw in, which would usually be the lid, is like a funnel sort of, and the water bubbles up into it, and the dog drinks that. Yeah, so it's like a little bowl on top of the water bottle. You squeeze it, it collects water, and then the dog can slurp out of it because right. they can't drink out of your water Cause bottle. Because very... dogs being able to drink water is like a real problem we need to solve. Your dog will never be thirsty again. Again, bold claim, but here's what I really liked. I went rewatched the whole commercial today to grab that clip, and sorry, we have a whole show of stuff we're going to be talking about. A big theme we've been uh, talking about for a long time. Today's finally the day we're going to be doing our big show, but I just got to get this off my chest if, you, if you'll allow it. Um, so I, I went and I listened to the entire commercial. I watched it, and this is what I heard near the end. Order your AquaDog automatic mug for only twelve ninety nine, complete with a full five-year guarantee. If it ever fails, you get your money back. Call now and we'll throw in our belt or wristlet loop absolutely free. But wait, order now and you can double your order and get a second AquaDog. Just pay a separate fee. Don't say anything weird about that. Pay a second fee. <laughs> yeah. He says, but wait, order now and you can double your order and get a second Aqua Dog. Just pay a separate fee. That's just buying two, bro. I always assume, I assume they meant pay like a shipping fee. Do they mean literally you can order two and it'll cost you double? I don't know. I was on their site and I was trying to figure it out. I take this very seriously. And it says shipping and handling is free. So it doesn't seem to be a shipping or a so handling fee. So they just mean fee. you can pay for two. You can, you can order two and pay for two? That's what it sounds like. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe it's just bad writing, but that's what we do. We talk about, I mean, it's either a, a just... Well, the whole thing is terrible. I mean, Aqua Dog is a terrible name, for one thing. Unless it's about a superhero dog yes. that saves people then in the water. Then it's a great name, but that's yeah, not what it's for. No, it's not. That's not what we're here to talk about. Genevieve, you produced this entire show today. You've been working all day on this, and I'm just mucking up your plan completely. I apologize for that. I had to... Just, like I said, get it off my chest. What are we doing today? What are we doing here? Well, we have been threatening for a few weeks to do a show about ads for products that you love, but ads that you dislike. Um, and th special thanks to Michael again for uh, coming up with this idea and for the uh, ad counselors who responded on the Facebook page about it. Um, but this is a, a concept that I find interesting because as I sat down to think about ads that I don't like, or products that I do like, but that have ads that I don't like, there's not a huge overlap. And I think that's really a testament to how powerful marketing is. And we've, I've got some good examples here of of, of ads where it really made a, a difference in someone's decision whether or not to buy it. So I think we'll get into that. And, and ultimately, if, if I have a philosophical interest in this whole topic, um, other than watching for child actors of, of tomorrow. Um, it's like, what is, what's effective about advertising? Like when, where, where's the intersection between good advertising and good marketing that makes you actually convert as they say in the biz. Cool. We'll get into that in a second. Um, also, when you mentioned this topic to me, there was only one commercial I could think of, uh, and I haven't seen it in years, but it looks like you pulled it, so maybe we'll be playing that in a second, too. Anything in the ad council that um, you're excited about today? Um, some good feedback on a few past shows, um, including one from way back in the day. All right. Well, let's start, though, by getting into these um, ads we hate for products that we love. Baby, don't sell yourself, All right, babe, do you want to start with the commercials that we're actually just referencing, the ones that kind of you and I thought of right away? 
Yeah, um, we have for years, uh, in the years that we've lived in Seattle, uh, been fans of the public transit system here. Um, there's a few different transit authorities, but Sound Transit, I think, is like the umbrella mm-hmm. group, or at least it's the one that, that we interact with the most. And uh, let me say for the record, I love public transit as an idea. I love it as a user. I've had basically good experiences with the buses and trains here. Overwhelmingly positive, I would say. And they're getting better and better. And All getting... the buses are really modern now. They're almost like trains where they have like a robot voice that tells you the name of each stop. Like when we first moved here, it wasn't that fancy. You had to just keep your eyes on the street signs. Yeah, now it's, it's, it is getting better and they've clearly done a lot of good investment in it. And as a city dweller, I really appreciate that. And I've, I've never lived in Seattle where I didn't commute to work using a bus. Which makes it all the more baffling <laughs> that they went with this ad campaign. And, you know, you were talking about those Safeco ads on the radio that yes. drive you crazy. In with fact, the... I never stopped talking about them, <laughs> you might say. Uh, do you want to remind people what those Safeco commercials yeah, were and why so they bothered you so much? These are mostly on the radio, although we did find some um, TV versions that we played a while back. Um, but... The voice of the commercial, the first voice you hear is this cranky old woman, and she's always complaining about her son and his motorcycle or her neighbors and their SUV. And the thing is, we're not supposed to sympathize with her. We're supposed to sympathize with the motorcycle person or the SUV owner. Yet, for some reason, we have this cranky lady saying, my son, I can hear him coming a mile away. And I'm always like, why would you make this your spokesperson? She just makes me not want the product. Well, I agree. I agree with your assessment of Safeco. And this is a sort of similar problem. Although, as I went back and looked at them, they're not they don't quite they're not quite as uh, nonsensical as those Safeco ads. Like they, you're not supposed you're not supposed to actively be antagonized by the spokesperson. But Sound Transit's uh, campaign was based around this idea of the voice of reason, mm-hmm. and the voice of reason, as personified by a little old lady. Like, what's that brand of cookies that has like a little old lady? Oh yeah, is it, it's not soft batch, is it? I don't remember, but you know, like picture like a little old lady, like an old maid on a, on a pack of old maid cards, mm-hmm. um, and. She represents, she's personified the voice of reason and you, she argues with your, with your, she's, she's the voice of reason in your head that's telling you to take public transit, even though you've been uh, ignoring your common sense and driving to work or whatever. So I'll have you play a couple of these TV ads in a minute here. But the way that I really experienced this most when I was a new, when it was an ongoing campaign was they would have her picture, like this little old gray haired lady on the side of the buses, you know, that you'd be riding with sort of a finger wagging. um, Naggy. I remember these being very naggy. Yes, very kind of nagging uh, slogan like, what do you, oh, you just want to sit in traffic all day? Is that it? Or like, and you know, and they had a radio campaign that was very similar. And what always struck me about it, and I found it so strange, it was like, you should be trying to appeal to me. Like, I'm your perfect I'm your perfect rider, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm a I live in the city, I own a car, so I could drive to work every day, but you want to make the bus experience seem relevant to me like a person in her mid 30s with a job, you know, who will be like a, a commuter on your on the buses. Like I'm the I'm the ideal candidate for you to be wooing here. And it always seemed like they just really missed the mark with this spokes critter (laughs) she well she is a human (laughs) Um, she's actually called tomb bus (laughs) hey oh so i will say i did not like the the bus billboard campaigns and i didn't like the radio campaigns when you see the campaigns that were apparently on television which i never saw them on tv um, it makes a little more sense because she is talking to someone who's a proxy for me mm-hmm. or you, right? Like they're sort of like, you know, young adults working in an office and she's telling them the, uh, you know, the many benefits of riding on on a, on a public transit. So it'll, it speaks a little bit more to the user experience, but I still think it's like just a really misguided spokesperson. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to play this one, and then and we can we can talk some more about uh, almost doctor doctor like what I think they should have been <laughs> yes. doing. But I won't I won't so, play the song. Although yeah. I did see some people on Facebook saying, 
Haven't heard the Dr. Doctor song. I think I need my fix. Well, I mean, it's you basically just have to wait an episode because Andrew can't go hardly two episodes without playing it. So what you're about to hear is um, a young African-American woman in an office kind of doing some desk cleanup and the plant on her, like the, the house plant that's sitting on her shelf, suddenly sprouts this old woman's head. I know it sounds very gross. Yeah. Um, and they start having a conversation. So picture that. Hello, frowning face. What's wrong? I was in traffic forever. Now I'm late for a meeting with my new boss. Who are you? The voice of reason, darling. Take sound transit. It's a stress-free, greener way to commute. Greener. Good one. Ooh, nice teeth. Shh, just saying you're not getting any younger. She said nice teeth when like kind of a handsome man walked by. I would say... Caught. I would say... Uh, average looking white guy walked yeah, by. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even realize. I just assumed he was handsome. He just kind of walked by uh, kind of quickly. He's yeah. infinitely and, and, forgettable. Oh, I guess, yeah. He's smart. He's he's okay. He's got a nice smile. So she says, nice teeth. Ooh, nice teeth. Shh, just saying you're not getting any younger. Sound transit. Ride the wave. Yeah, no. I talk to the plants, too. <laughs> then he walks by at the end and says, I talk to the plants, too. Um, no, that's about as annoying as I thought. Again, like, they're they're doing it right by having her talk to young people. The young people are, are, like, that's the demographic that you should be looking at. Like, people who are young, live in a city, professionals who are going places, literally and figuratively. Um, How about you're going places? You're going places. There. We're going. Cam- campaign Seattle, done. Seattle, we're going places. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe they can't go with Seattle on that because it is a broader organization. But anyway... But I think the spokesperson needs to reflect it. I'm feeling this more and more. Those Safeco things, you're trying to have this anti-hero on the radio that's definitely overly complicated. This is the breaking badification of ads. (laughs) Yeah, this is what happened. Walter White becomes a hero. Next thing you know, you have these old nags trying to sell us stuff. Um, But when you see these commercials, the image that you're stuck with and like the logo at the end is she kind of blends into, like you say, like almost like the back of an old maid card Mm -hmm. where she's framed in this round or this oval old fashioned frame with an old lady, like a picture of your grandma. So that's the image that you're left with. This woman who's kind of getting in your business about you're not getting any younger. Yeah. And and then at the end you're like, oh yeah, sound transit. This is the the fussy, stuffy. Yes, Fussy. That is the overriding uh, feeling that this leaves you with is is fussiness, which is, I want to be very clear, the very last thing you can afford to be on a public bus. Yeah, you should just make this seem like a cool alternative because, I mean, again, in, whatever. We have so many other things to talk about, and I just I heard myself for a second, and I'm getting upset, and I annoy That's myself. That's what we do like on the show. Um, we, can, we don't say whatever on this show. But you should take... You should be creating a campaign that almost competes with car campaigns, sort of. Sure. It's cool. It's slick. It's easier. Yeah, it's fun. Take- it's part of being car free in a city and being carefree. Exactly. Take- car free care. I love it. We're, we we are. It's gold. Doctor. So doctor. much gold. My commercial is ill. Like take your cues from Kia, right? Or or. Uh, Honda or yeah like cuz cuz it's the Kia and the Honda drivers among us who don't want to pay the $90 a month to park in the garage and would be very happy yeah. to spend less than that on a bus pass. So should I just play I'm going to play the second one too just so I can keep my irritation levels up for oh, another sure. couple of minutes. Yeah. Um so this one again takes place Then you're going to need a doctor doctor. <laughs> this takes place in the office again and it looks like it's a guy 20s early 30s buying something out of a vending machine, then what? Does the old lady pop up in the vending machine? You nailed it. All right, let's take a listen. Good morning, sleepyhead. Good? I just sat in traffic for two hours, and then I circled the block ten times looking for parking. Who are you? The voice of reason, sweetie. Take sound transit. Relax. Don't even think about traffic and parking. Nice. See, Thank the messaging you. is voice. there. The messaging is 100% there. But who can but pay attention? You're just going to associate this product with an old fussy, fussy t- stuff. The reason, lady? Too much fiber. Oh, then he goes to buy candy, but she throws. She's in the vending machine, so she gives him a fiber bar. Oh my god! Bar if instead. I were, if I put punched in the candy bar 
numbers and someone gave me a fiber bar, I would uh, murder someone. I'll leave that there. How do you feel about, let's just keep on spinning this off. I can't remember exactly what it is. I think it's a some sort of health care. Um, oh, I know what you're going to say. In a hospital. And you see these people, these this, I guess, young married couple. I think it follows one couple, right? Or maybe it shows a bunch of young people around the same age, you know, people in their 30s. And... I think it begins with the woman sitting in front of the refrigerator. She goes to take something unhealthy out of the refrigerator. She grabs a soda, and when she closes the refrigerator door, there is a person in a doctor's coat behind her, unseen, who quickly switches out the soda she's grabbed for a bottle of water. For a bottle of water. Then you see the, like the guy on the couch, presumably watching a sports event and getting really stressed out. And they take maybe a beer out of his hand and give him a stress ball. They take like the the um, gross snacks, not gross, but like the table. Tasty, unhealthy <laughs> snacks that he's got in front of him, and the they delicious just, snacks. They they, uh, they replace it with a uh, a plate of you know uh, cut vegetables or whatever. Yeah, in that case, that's it's kind the whole, of well done. I right? do think that's commercial is well done, and I don't remember who it's for, but it's like for Swedish or something. Um, that commercial, the whole point is you need healthier habits. We can help you live a healthier lifestyle in this case this is just a little a little add-on mm-hmm. it's just a reminder that she's super irritating yeah and that you just want to stay away from the, her i really dislike the line from the previous one we talked about where she says you're not getting any younger i know which is one of my top five most hated things to say to women yeah really um okay so i see that you have GoDaddy on this list which kind of surprises me because while you know, we think of GoDaddy commercials, we immediately think of Danica Patrick. For better or for worse, you got to give them credit for having that kind of um, uh, affinity. Um, but do we like GoDaddy as a product? Well, I actually probably have purchased a URL from GoDaddy at some point in my life. I, I briefly did like a uh, an HTML class and it were, you know, you had to purchase a URL. So I think I have used GoDaddy, but that's not why I included them here. Listener Courtney... Uh, in the in the post that we put on the on the Facebook page about what are some products that you uh, like but don't use or but don't like the ads for, she wrote that uh, she doesn't use GoDaddy even though it's probably the superior product. She actually uses a more complicated workaround for getting URLs because she dislikes their ad campaigns so much. Oh. And I went back and so GoDaddy really you know, hit the big time because they started buying Super Bowl ads and they were overtly just objectification of women. Danica Patrick uh, was their most famous spokeswoman, but it was basically any hot babe in a bikini and it got very explicit. And they would even post like not suitable for work versions of it. it would be like go online. And I get it. It's like it makes sense for their for what their product is like, oh, you want to go online and like see the dirty version, right? And I mean, they probably got a lot of hits that way. Oh, but that's not where the whole sexy campaign started, was it? Is, is that the time? Because I never understood. For me, I always thought of, thought of it like Carl's Jr. They're just well, being weird by having using sex to sell something th- incredibly unsexy. I think they were using sex to sell, sell, sell something unsexy, but I think they were also very clever in getting people, I mean, they sell a yeah. intrinsically online product, by driving people to take an action, which was to go online to see something that they couldn't see on their television screens. These ads are the worst. There's one that was like two minutes that I didn't include here because it was clearly too long to have on our show where Danica Patrick gets pulled over by a sexy lady cop and they're just police officers, Genevieve. Not in, let me assure you, they're just sexy cops. They're just sexy cops. This woman strips off all her clothes and then does like some sort of tawny contained white snake routine on Danica Patrick's car while Danica Patrick sort of is like oh I don't know about this this is too much like rolling her eyes but meanwhile we're all invited to you know drool over this woman who's doing a strip tease so I didn't play that one because it's just excruciating but this is another one with Danica Patrick where some dude bros have bought a URL from GoDaddy and somehow that gives them the power to make Danica Patrick take an unlimited amount of showers. Dudes, check it. Oh, your new domain name and website from GoDaddy.com? Yep, and now that I'm online, it's like I can make anything happen. 
Danica Patrick. Hmm? Suddenly I have the urge to take another shower. I remember this. this. is awesome. Keep watching. This is my fifth shower today. Steamy. Steamy. Let's add the German woman from the dean's office. Miss Schmidt. I remember that one. Um, which is also just whatever from an editing standpoint. It doesn't make sense because they're all they're clearly supposed to be seeing them naked, but they can't show that on the commercial. So we see the TV screen that they're watching, and clearly you're not really seeing anything. Well, there is a at the bottom it says for the shocking conclusion, go oh. to. Well, hey, just one quick aside. If this makes anybody feel better, and it won't. Um, GoDaddy also sucks as a company. Like for, for <laughs> registering a domain, which I've done before, getting a URL, like that's pretty straightforward. It's fine, whatever. But I continue to use it. I don't. I don't deal with any of that anymore. But uh, one of my work accounts is a, a GoDaddy account, so I have to check GoDaddy mail several times a oh, day. Oh, I literally didn't know that they did anything besides sell domain names. Yeah, they also kind of like manage things as well. So for TBTL, we before we were connected with. A proper company that we work for now, Luke had set up, you know, GoDaddy accounts for web hosting and actually, you know, like kind of managing your online everything. And the web service sucks. Like their their mobile is horrible. It's just a pain in the butt. So if that makes anybody feel better. Well, so there it. you go, Courtney. But I did want to address this because those those Danica Patrick and they did others that were with other names or lesser names, uh, just kind of Carl's Jr. style ads and very explicit for especially for te- network television. They've seemed to have left off with that whole approach, probably because people like you and people like Courtney and professionals who need to buy uh, don't domain names or use their services uh, don't have a lot of patience for that nonsense. They've really changed their strategy. And so um, they're doing a campaign now that's much more in the vein of like, um, kind of like a kind of Geico or it's not deliberately weird, but it's like it it's more it's more fun and approachable. So this is one called um, Lawn Art. And um, what you're seeing is uh, a couple standing in their yard and they're doing a very elaborate topiary of uh, what appears to be. Is that an ostrich? I was thinking it was a swan. Or they're a making a swan. Or no, I'm sorry, a flamingo they're making. Out it's of a their, tall bird. Yeah, out of their shrubbery. Out of their shrubbery. And a guy drives up in a car. You're going to hear the song, um, the Never Going to Give You Up, the Rick Roll song. Yeah, Rick Astley. Uh, yes. Uh, so you're going to hear the guy in the car drive up and talk to them. There ain't no strangers to love. Whoa, that's amazing. Hey, on the internet, I know a bunch of people who would love that. The internet loves what you're doing. So build a better website in under an hour with Ghost Central from GoDaddy. Type in your idea, select from designs tailored just for you, and publish your... So that's interesting. So he says, I am the internet. So right. he represents... Is he in a bunch of... Do you know? Is he in a bunch of commercials driving around? So basically, he sees people doing cool things. He says, I'm the internet. Yeah, I mean, people he's, would he's love the that. personification of virality, basically. I like one thing. I like the guy who they get to play the internet. He's driving kind of like a, a V-Dub Cabrio... Uh, with the kind top down, yeah, you cute, know, a, cute beater, a cute little top down beater. Um, he's got a tattoo on his bicep that just says bicep. Oh, I didn't it, notice that. That's what I said. Uh, and he does this cute little head head tilt as he drives off after telling them that they can uh, that the internet would love love what they're into. And I think this is such a great transition for GoDaddy, irrespective of how good or bad their services are. This is where they need to be. This is the right space for them. Everybody has their thing. I'm I'm an old dumb old and I have a podcast you know like I <laughs> I didn't I'm, know if you were talking to your about yourself or if you're in the you're playing no, no. A character I me Genevieve I, I'm an old Is that why you hate the fact that our neighbors have an SUV <laughs> But you know like this is I'm the right person again kind of like Sound Transit and I'm not saying every product should be pitched to me personally but I am a good candidate for GoDaddy right like People tell us all the time we should probably have a website for this show, and I'm, you know, too lazy and ignorant to do it. But if you could convince me that this would be a way, an easy way for me to do it, kind of like Squarespace is always, I feel like I hear that on all the podcasts I listen to who have advertisers. And 
I feel like Squarespace was really talking to me too. And and so I think GoDaddy is smart to transition into that space and not just, they must have been thinking that only men were buying domain names. Like I can't think what else their strategy well, was. Well, I think they were really, they put it all in on the on the Super Bowl stuff and on the football stuff. Just visibility. And, so the, and therefore they were thinking, especially back then, mostly male audience. And they were, you just saw so many more um, just straight up sexy women selling shit to guys during football games. Even five years ago, I think a bunch of things are changing. Now, obviously, I'm not saying, I mean, I remember, I'm sure I've said this on the show before, when we were first dating, you said something like, TV hates women, and that's always stuck with me, and I think it's true, and it, it continues to be true, but some of the more blatant stuff is finally getting pushed out of the way. Axe Body Spray. Yes. Totally they... going a brand new direction, not doing, like, not trying to appeal to, like, total dude bros all the time, spray this chemical on you and attract some dumb babe or something like that. They actually have a very inclusive campaign. Yeah, now. and it's all about you being you and Cuz that's what you, I mean, no, I'm the old, but that but that's where young people's heads are right now. It's I not agree. like not exclusive, but it's inclusive and good for the younger generation for finally pushing this stuff through. Um and also, I frankly, I think the changing demographics of football, like the NFL realized mm-hmm. we're leaving a lot on the table. Let's start appealing to women and I I'll bet you if you looked at the at just the last five years of women involved in fantasy football leagues and, and like hardcore involved with football, um, you would see a huge spike. Yeah, I mean, it's in this one way that capitalism is redemptive because it, ultimately, if you've got money to spend, someone will eventually want to include you. All right, so uh, let's leave that there. Uh, what is up next? Well, Matt wrote in and he posted this to our Facebook page. And Matt, I want to thank you because this is such a great example. How much do we hate? The Chevy ads. I was going to make a joke about uh, me loving Chevys and hating those ads, but I <laughs> don't like Chevys either. I think they're ugly. But um, no, I, I, obviously those ads, that ad campaign is the the pinnacle of yes. what grinds our gears. And we are far from the only people that think that. There's a great article in Jalopnik, which is uh, one of the um, former Gawker properties that focuses on cars and car culture, that... Uh, that bemoans the fact that rather than taking like those Chevy ads have been so widely mocked, they've been parodied. Nobody likes them. Um, but instead of, I, but they must be working on some level. They must be selling some uh, fuck ton of Chevys because <laughs> now Mazda has taken up this same strategy. Mazda has done, and I saw this on TV and had this exact same thought like, Oh no, you're kidding me. Mazda's done a thing where now they have real people, not actors, uh, looking at cars without knowing what the brand is and talking to, you know, doing sort of like a focus group style discussion about Jeez. it. And then, you know, oh, it's, I liked the Mazda the whole time. As uh, Matt writes, I like Mazdas. I drive a Mazda and I really enjoy it. But this is one of those ad campaigns that strains my appreciation for the product. Not only do I not like those Chevy commercials, but God, it must be shitty to be. I mean, I can just imagine, you know, somewhere somebody probably, I guess, had to tell the ad agency, listen, the boss wants what the boss wants. Yeah. He or she really, probably he, he just really likes those Chevy ads. They're working. Yeah. You need to do a version of those Chevy ads. It has to be some response to the actual market, to the sales, because it, it can't be, it's not out of. A love of the craft. I loved the Mazda Zoom Zoom campaigns. Remember those? Yeah, I liked that. Even that Zoom Zoom. I the, thought it was very the, kind the of, little Zoom yeah, Zoom boy. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was um, a little eerie, but mm-hmm. great and and definitely a differentiator. It stuck with me. It stayed with me years. You know, years after that campaign, and they kept the Zoom Zoom tagline for a long time, which I thought was great and really imprinted itself on me. And I actually like Mazdas, although I don't drive one. I have looked very seriously at them when I was in the market for a car. Who do you think would win in a fight between the Zoom, zoom, boy, and the PlayStation robot. Ooh. Well, I don't know what the PlayStation robot looks Neither, like. I don't even know if it's a robot. Yeah, it might just be an AI. Or it might just be like a human. It might be like a, a little girl or something. PlayStation. I give it to the PlayStation robot just yeah, because, probably. you know. Sure. Terminator. Anyway, I was going to say, I'm sure that like it, it, there's some ad person who's like, oh, God. And they had to make a decision. Like, am I going to do this ad campaign or... 
or am I just going to like quit and become a farmer? And they came real damn close <laughs> to quitting. Like, just think about how like, I love the idea that if you just want to throw it all in, you're just like, now I'm a farmer. <laughs> Do you know anything about farming? Nope. But you know, I am a farmer. It's like when Tobias Funke becomes an actor. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? They, they have pride in their work. And I think that it must be, I'm sure it's incredibly tough. But when you get to a certain level in an ad agency, I'll bet you it's very, it can be very exciting and rewarding. But then you just have some dumb client who comes in and says well he wants this thing and you're just like i don't want to do that i'd rather shoot my face off but you got to do it anyway that was all just a little fan fiction i came up with do you want me to play <laughs> some, this mazda cannon <laughs> you want me to play this uh mazda yeah commercial? so one thing to know as you're as you're hearing this they show uh three different cars being driven around and looked at um by these three potential potential customers but the cars are totally debranded even to the point of their outer their outer skins i guess oh, is this com- one that they're, they're covered in like post-it they're notes covered or in something. like sticker or some sort okay, of sticker yeah, thing yeah, yeah. that you can't see what kind of car it is or what any of the labels are on it i mean i think this is a fan it's a total fiction that they really kept it this under wraps we asked premium vehicle owners to judge three premium sedans, not knowing the brands. It is quite responsive and to Oh, now, is this the voice of uh, Jesse from... Is he the Mazda voice, or is this some? That, or are they also ripping it off? It might this? be uh, Aaron Paul who's the Mazda voice. Because Aaron remember. Paul does one of those car commercial voices. Now this is either him again, or they're also ripping off the Aaron Paul voice. This is what I always kind of. I, I don't like Aaron. I like Aaron Paul. But I don't like his voice in in these things. We asked premium vehicle owners to judge three premium sedans, not knowing the brands. It is quite responsive, intuitive, high quality craftsmanship. The stitching adds a level of refinement. I like the uh, aggressive sculptural lines. <laughs> wow. I've always trusted Mazda. I like driving this car the best. Discover a smarter premium at the Driver's Choice event. Now get 0% financing and 1,000 APR. Yeah, that's, that's Aaron Paul, right? Well, he's definitely the Mazda pitchman, although that doesn't sound exactly like him to me. Oh, it sounds like it to me. He sounds less like Aaron Paul in Breaking Bad, and he sounds more like Aaron Paul in um, uh, in BoJack Horseman. <laughs> that's possible. P- picture yeah. the character from BoJack Horseman doing this. Premium vehicle owners to judge three premium sedans. BoJack. All right, I can't do, I can't do imitations. Just ignore that i said the word bojack that's how you know i was doing that care all right no that commercial shit between us have the we must be the two people with the least talent for voice impressions what do you think we're worse at uh sense of direction or ability to do imitations oh my god we're both terrible at both if there was some like you have to find your way to the improv oh my god (laughs) if there was something where yeah you had to like navigate your way somewhere um and and only by doing it in someone else's voice could you be successful. We would both die. We would do that on a show called America's Weirdest Race. Yes. Um, yeah, no, that, that's a total crap. It looks like there are two links here. The Amazingly Weird Race. <laughs> Should I play both of these or are we just hating on these things? Because that was stupid. Yeah, it was just, an, it was maybe slightly, if I saw that four years ago before the Chevy campaign, I, it it's seems kind of forgettable. less, yeah, it seems more innocuous. I, I do think that that the spokesperson, the guy who's kind of like talking to everybody in the room is really annoying in the mm-hmm. Chevy campaign. That's why it stood out. Um, the, these are less annoying, but because they echo the Chevy campaign, yeah. I think they're really terrible. And I really do not care for the customers in this. Ah. I don't like the guy who's allegedly a premium, uh, automobile owner which is a also a phrase that i don't care for is that i'm looking at it here he's so it says going, premium I, owner architect mazda's like he's what trying to like premium owner mean well somebody like who owns you know like a lexus oh i see he just owns because i think they, they put it up against an audi and i think a lexus and he's an architect can you make this the picture for facebook oh, god yeah would you just call the show punchable yeah all right what else we got well this is one that i had to kind of go searching for in the sense of I had to sit around I sat around today this is a real thing and thought about products that I use and like and I'm loyal to and I actually have quite a lot of brands that I'm that I am loyal to and I like I use secret deodorant I always buy the same one but guess what I love secrets commercials they're the ones that mm. do the the secret you know the moments where oh, yeah you know they're like doing a startup in the elevator or there's a woman who is trans and she's like gonna come out for the first time and she's like she's gearing herself up gearing herself up for it so like i think that secret has done a nice job 
And then I went and looked for my shampoo brand. And like, it was a very generic shampoo commercial, but there was nothing to hate about it. What about Degree? I use Degree. I didn't look for that. That was that. I, that should have I been my did, job. I only did my own research. Well, no, I was trying to, I, I didn't have much time to prep today, but I was trying to do a little bit of thinking like, what are products that I really love and am loyal to? I didn't think of Degree. I've been using Degree. I know I'm totally just interrupting you. I'm just trying to see if on the fly I can do my homework. Um, I've been using Degree since, I mean, certainly high school, if not junior high. So that's getting up there. That's like 30 years. Oh, my God. All right. I don't want to talk anymore. I'm looking up Degree commercials here. They look just like, you work out, you sweat, you wear deodorant. A lot of the products that we buy and use are have campaigns that are not things that stand out to me as especially great, but they also don't stand out to me as especially bad. And I do wonder if... If there's a, this is what I was kind of getting at, at the start of the show. Like, is there a confluence there? Is there an intersection that is subconscious and uh, sort of invisible to us until we start to unpack it and we realize most of the things that we buy that have active marketing campaigns, like we buy light bulbs and we buy toilet paper, although toilet paper certainly does have campaigns. Um, but, you know, we buy a lot of stuff that doesn't ever, we never see a commercial for. But of those things that we do that we have a brand affinity for, how much are we really responding to the the vision that they've put of the, out of there of, out there of themselves like the the brand identity that is that is the intersection of television commercials and bus ads and uh logos and taglines and who else uses it and all that stuff like it all comes together so i did find one that i've never seen this commercial in the wild so it's it's not fair to say that i like that it's been grinding my gears or anything Mm -hmm. but i do use i have sensitive teeth and so i've been using sensodyne uh, toothpaste for years at my at the recommendation of my dentist what does it do what does sensitive teeth mean when you brush your teeth they hurt so you need a special toothpaste no like if i drink something especially for me it's like especially with cold things although it can be hot or cold for a Mm -hmm. lot of people i have certain areas in my teeth where if i like touch something cold to it it really hurts okay and it's not a cavity it's not a medical it's not it's not something you can really fix i mean i guess you could like tear my teeth out and give me you know crowns or something but like it's just a thing that some people have like sensitive teeth and so i have that and so there's the sensodyne which is a good toothpaste um and which i am happy to say i won the toothpaste war over it wasn't a war so andrew used to have his own toothpaste we for years for, I guess, 16 years, Yes, you always had the toothpaste, and I had a toothpaste. I never really thought about it before, And though. then one day, Andrew came to me and said, I think it's silly that we're buying two different toothpastes. I'll just start using yours. And I was like, victory is mine. And I was like, victory over what? Like, were we over battling? Your, over your dumb toothpaste. But we never even talked about it before. How could Were you, like, quietly seething that I was buying two? Yours just looked kind of medical to me. I mean, like, yeah, that's a packaging thing. Yeah, because I have sensitive thing. teeth. But then I used it one day. I was like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> I just, you know, I thought it was going to be like, uh, is it, it's not Uncle Tom's. Is oh, it, no. Or it's something? <laughs> is, no not, can you imagine? It's not Uncle Tom. Can you imagine if you had Uncle Tom's Do you mean toothpaste? Tom's? of Maine. Tom's of Maine. Uncle, well, he's somebody's uncle, probably, oh, if he has siblings. Um, it, you know, it's not It's not like just baking soda. It's not like Whole Foods toothpaste or, or anything. That's, it's not crunchy toothpaste. It's like regular toothpaste, but it's got this special stuff in it that is supposed to like build up your enamel so you're not okay. as sensitive. And I actually think it has been working. So I'm a big fan. I will use it for the rest of my days if they keep selling it. But these are their ads, which have aired on television. I, I double-checked. This is from my spot. Yeah. And it is just like, watch the camera angles. It's The editing is terrible. The sound. I mean, this should like, it's like somebody did it who had taken one class in junior high about how to make a movie. Okay, just looking from the screen caps here, it looks like it's just a guy um, talking to a camera, like kind of in an office. Right? Is yeah, and the, the messaging most... is not that bad, although the sound editing is terrible. But the camera angles, they look like they're on a ship. Yeah, and the office just looks, it just looks cheap. It just looks mm-hmm. like he's in a room with fluorescent yeah, it's lighting. incredibly cheaply and made. And he's sitting up on his desk, and everything in there makes you think, oh, God, I'm so glad I don't work there. It's like a soulless office. I think the reception for this product is overwhelmingly positive. This toothpaste, Sensodyne Repair and Protect, can actually repair... And protect sensitive teeth. Exposed dentin can cause pain in some people's teeth. And as long as they brush twice a day, what? every day, then they... <laughs> Do you hear those bad edits? Mother, father, Chinese dentist. <laughs> sensitive... 
teeth, <laughs> exposed dentin can cause pain in some people's like, teeth. Like, what did he as actually long as they say? Brush twice a day. Yeah, what? Do they have to cut out all the racist stuff? I know, right? And protect sensitive teeth. Exposed dentin can cause pain in some people's teeth. And as long as they brush twice a day, <laughs> every day, then they can expect to continually have that reparative layer of protection against sensitivity. Ah! I think it they went too close on his face. And he's like at a 45 degree angle. I absolutely angle. think dentists are going to want to recommend Sensodyne Repair and Protect. Oh, he's in a. He, is he a dentist and he's that that's his office that we don't see? It well, doesn't seem to be a medical. It's just a it white office. It doesn't say he's a he's dentist. A it says desk. he's like the president of some dental corporation. Oh, it actually said what he is? Yeah, go back because he has a weird title. That Also, why wouldn't you just... Oh, yeah, he's the... Oh, that's Jeremy Webb? <laughs> that's a GSK dental division manager. He's a GSK dental division manager. Oh. They wait, wait, no, 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 no. Tele- they put this on television. He's assistant to the GSK <laughs> dental division manager. Wow, yeah, that is some So he's like some, some executive, I guess, in, in Sensodyne or like whatever okay. is Sensodyne's parent company is that and he's looking now sometimes you do an interview where you'd look a little bit off camera Mm -hmm. but he is looking like 90 degrees off camera oh that's GlaxoSmithKline yeah oh you knew that oh okay uh yeah I I should have right I do know that GSK is GlaxoSmithKline so that's but again this reads this plays like something that you might if you were really in a pinch play at like a corporate event for your company. Right. They put this on television. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else do we have on the list? We have, uh, oh, Charmin Ultrasoft. Now, we're always coming back I know. to... No, no, I think it's good. Always I mean, back. But I got I to gotta say, this one came from... Um, now, we don't use Charmin Ultrasoft. We are a quilted northern family. We are. Damn you, Koch brothers. We're also a brawny family, which is also the Koch oh, brothers. Oh, God. But uh, Jennifer uh, posted on our Facebook page in response to our request for uh, for examples like this that she does not like the the pooping bears, uh, and Lord knows none of us do. Uh, but Ultrasoft is my favorite toilet paper, so what are you going to do? All right, uh, so we've talked about the, the bears. It looks like this one, oh God, this one is called Bears Can't Keep Their Paws Off the Toilet Paper. <laughs> These are some blue bears hanging out in their um, nice suburban-looking home. They're squeezing the Charmin. That's classic. They're rubbing on it. Oh, God, there's two sets of... Charmin Ultra Soft. It's softer than ever. New Charmin Ultra Soft is Now they're going to do it? The poop bears are going to do it? I don't know. The whole thing is unpleasant. Oh, now the whole family's in there, and they all grabbed a roll of toilet paper, and now they're all feeling it together. The aristocrats. <laughs> I had some other things I was going to say, but I don't think we're going to do any better than that. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, that music can only mean one thing. <laughs> that we are in gross violation of copyright laws. As ever. <laughs> Wait, it could mean two things. Oh, yeah. It could also mean that it's time to check in with you guys, the ad council, your emails, your voicemails, your Facebook posts. What have you got, Vives? Uh, well, I wanted to start with uh, a post that um, I just realized I forgot to write down who did it. Um, but this is another, this is a new KFC ad that really departs from their uh, normal campaign, but I think will be very recognizable thematically to you and to a lot of our listeners. Oh, I see. Yes. Um, I have. Yes. And okay. I don't know if this has ever aired on TV. It has the feel of an internet video. It definitely has the feel of an internet video. Uh, I think we should set this up, right? Yeah. So I, I've seen this before, too. And uh, I thought somebody actually had a kind of good tweet today. Um, <clears throat> this, if you watch Game of Thrones, there is a character named Hodor. Played if, by the actor Christian Nairn. And if you were watching last season, I mean, I kind of don't know how to navigate this. I guess if you're a hardcore Game of Thrones fan and you are up to date, this will make sense to you. This is them kind of imitating a huge, huge scene for this character. Yeah, and a um, big reveal in the plot. So I will say, if you're not caught up and you care about spoilers, um, you know, please please turn your podcast off now. But um, I will 
uh, I will just play this for those who are kind of in the know. So we see the guy who plays Hodor. He's not dressed up like Hodor at all. He is in a uh, QFC uniform. KFC. I'm sorry, a KFC uniform. QFC is our grocery store here. Uh, he's in a KFC uniform. He is uh, working behind the counter at a KFC. And um, he's looking at the clock nervously because I think he realizes, if I remember, the store is about to open and he knows that there's going to be a flood of customers asking for a very special meal. People start flooding in. Chicken with fries, please. Chicken with fries. Chicken with fries, please, mate. Chicken with fries. Chicken with fries. Chicken with fries, please, mate. Chicken with fries. 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 He's getting very nervous, like Hodor would. Chicken with fries. 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 Yeah, that's me. Cheers, mate. So this is an ad for the new KFC rice box. Uh, he was saying chicken with fries, and then um, and then it, the more he said it, it morphed into chicken with rice. And then that's uh, and then it's when he says that, there's like one good-looking, fresh-faced kid who comes through the crowd, and he's like, "Yeah, that's me. It's the new face of KFC England." I assume. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. This is all clearly. These are all uh, British people. I actually think that. Somebody tweeted something about this today, too. There was another, like, some sort of, like, uh, uh, John Snow... Sorry, I almost said John Stark. Some John Snow parody or whatever. And Game of Thrones, at one point, was just a, a series of books for nerds. And then it went to HBO, and those nerds got really excited. And then slowly, more and more people got on the bandwagon. And then, I'm going to say, two seasons ago, they started doing these kind of funny crossovers, but yeah. somewhat sparingly. Hey, it's funny to see Jon Snow dressed up as Jon Snow on Late Night with Seth Meyers or whatever. Right. You know, and poking fun at it because it's such a serious show that it's funny to see these people have fun Or, or seeing the Septa chase a guy through um, a, a box store shaming him for buying bottled water. Yes, which is another one that's out now. And I got to say, and this is, I mean, I saw this tweet today. Somebody's like, you guys, we already like your show. You're trying too hard. And I, I'm getting there with these. Really? We are, I just, I feel like they are oversaturating the cutesiness. I just feel like every, like we are still a month and a half out from the show even coming back. They're just getting warmed up. Like we are not going to be able to avoid like, isn't it so funny that these people who play these serious roles are now being funny? Like we, we've seen it. Well, Less is more. I guess. Now, does your sense of aversion come from just feeling like it's oversaturated or is it what I read in the comment section on this post, which made me laugh, which is someone who said, it's sad to see this advert. Hold The hold the door scene is not for commercial trading. The hold the door scene is a symbol of the magnificent series of Game of Thrones. Um, and like the idea is, does it come from a place? In other words, does your objection come from a place of like, this is art and we shouldn't be like, you know, making art into crass commercialism. No, uh, for the record, I think I'm the only, uh, I'm not, probably not the only person, but I certainly didn't make any friends when I was on the other podcast talking about how I feel like that was an incredibly schlocky scene in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I am not a fan of the hold the door scene at all. I thought, okay, fine. It's a fine plot development, but that show is just getting more and more like kind of like they're just falling into these kind of tropes like you see in movies, these grand scenes. And like you saw something like this coming. So, no, I don't think that he's ruining a good scene from the movie because I thought the scene from the TV show sucked anyway. I also don't think this is that clever. I think like if you're going to really drill down on that scene, you got to make it better than this. Yeah, I guess. I, I'm not saying it's a 10 out of 10 for me, but... I liked it. It worked for me. Okay. Sorry to go so hard on that. Um, okay. Our next piece of feedback is from listener Steve, who says, how about that Orbit gum commercial where the fully gowned out bride leaves her wedding all smug like, oh, he's successful and has everything, but he can't have me. I'm out. 
It took her until Wait, their what? wedding day to sort that out. I mean, come on, man. Ridiculous. What the hell are you talking about, so, Steve? I had never seen this, so I went looking for it, and Steve is correct. This is a bonkers commercial. Now, I generally like the Orbit commercials. I think they have a great sense of whimsy where they'll put people, you know, it's it's all about having a clean mouth in a dirty world, kind of. And so they'll have sort of some good fun playing. They'll play with that idea. And they have that spokeswoman who's very like chipper. She looks like a sort of a, a, a flight attendant or something. Um, this is an ad where all you're seeing is a beautiful bride in the back of a car smiling sort of serenely as she's driving away, as Steve says, fully gowned out, which I think is a great phrase, mm-hmm. um, holding her her bouquet in the rear view of the car, you see like what presumably is the groom running out of the church. There's no indication like why she's excited to be a runaway bride, why she felt the need to be a run- runaway bride. Just uh, let's just play the audio. He's got the cash. He's got a condo. He's got a car. He's got a career. But that still doesn't mean he gets you. Time to shine. Orbit. Like, but why? Yeah, why are you making that decision on the wedding day? Like, yeah, it, I mean, I I'm not saying a runaway bride story can't be a good commercial trope. I think it can, but like, have another dude show up to intervene or show us why you're running away. You're but just suddenly having this realization that the person that you presumably have had a very long relationship with and have made like it was, you're about to make the ultimate commitment to. And you have a very you're suddenly fancy like, church. you know what? He's entitled. He doesn't get me. He's got a good job and lots of money and he wanted to get married. So, haha. Now, it's not related. We there's another Orbit gum commercial here called Wedding. They're not related, right? No, in fact, that one is the first one I found, and it was, but it was a totally different, uh, and actually, I think, a better case for the gum. Should we just, I guess we can just watch it. Yeah. I was only asking because I was wondering if, if it was one of those things where that was a 15-second Orbit commercial, so I was wondering if there is a 30-second or potentially even one-minute-long one where they had to cut everything out except for that. If but I don't is, see it because I'm, I'm on their official page. This is a different Orbit gun. Yeah, so what you're seeing wedding. at this is the head table at a wedding. Everybody is toasting the bride, and with each toast, she takes another sip of red wine. To Jenny, my beautiful new daughter-in-law. Cheers! To Jenny, you're the awesomest. Cheers! We love you, Jenny. Cheers! I love you guys so much. At the very end, she goes and she smiles, and all of her teeth are just like blood red from yeah. drinking all that wine. That's, That's why good. you toast with champagne at a wedding, oh. folks. Oh, there you go. Learn something, too. All right. Um, this is from listener Mark, and I said I had an oldie but a goodie at this top of the show. Um, way, way back, eight more than 80 episodes ago, we did a show called Sex Cells, in which we talked about commercials that use sex for non-sexy products. And actually, mm-hmm. we kind of uh, riffed on that a little bit uh, about about GoDaddy. This is a great example, and I, I love it, And I'm but I'm a little shocked by it. My, my prudish sense is coming out. So I'm not sure if there's any talking until the very end, so I'll just tell you what you're seeing. Um, there's a man and a woman rolling around in bed. They finish the act... And of wrestling? Of wrestling. When two Spider-Men <laughs> are fighting, they're not hurting each other. Um, two, that's a two percenter. Um, the man rolls over. He's happy. He falls asleep. The woman is clearly not satisfied. Um, and she goes to the microwave. He's a bad wrestler. He's a bad wrestler. <sighs> He gives her a look like, pretty good, right? And she rolls her eyes, and she's getting up. Did we see a breast there? No. And then the microwave dings at two minutes. Oh, so right there, you're. It, we didn't see her put anything in the microwave, which means that wrestling match only lasted two minutes. That's right. So now she's drinking, eating her Heinz soup, and the tagline says, Heinz microwavable soup, ready in two minutes. Oh. 
and the dude is already snoring. That is that is um, dirty. That looks pretty old too. I, I mean, it could just be it's a at bad least, quality. It's probably about ten years old. It's also British. Oh, that makes and they sense. get away with a lot more over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, as a very funny, funny man once said, they're cheeky monkeys. Oh God, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna grace that with a response. Okay. Um. All right, so closing out here, uh, I had one more piece of feedback, and I wanted to read this whole thing because I said in a few episodes ago, I, I had some harsh words for children and parents who scream and cry in public. I mean, not parents who scream mm-hmm, and cry, but mm-hmm. children who scream and cry in public and the parents who occasionally, you know, have to have to allow that to go to happen. And I said, I understand intellectually Sometimes kids are just going to be kids. And even if you are the best parent in the world, your kid's going to have a meltdown in public. If I were a parent, I know I'm no different. And I would absolutely find myself in that in that position. But I also said, I viscerally, you know, have a rage response. Sure. And I felt bad about it because I really did honestly sit, give that some thought later. And like, was I too harsh? And I hope people knew I was really, really making fun of myself and my own, um, very la- my own lack of tolerance and very insulated life from from any of the difficulties of child rearing. Listener Sarah writes in, I'm a 32-year-old mom of a 4-year-old boy and oh my god, that French condom advertisement, so spot on. So that's what the advertisement that got us talking about this was that it was a uh, advertisement for birth control that started with a child just having a meltdown in a supermarket. In the store, you just see some young man dealing with a kid having this huge meltdown. You don't know what that is for until the very end, and then you realize, oh, it's birth control. Right. Don't get yourself into this mess. So Sarah continues, I cannot tell you how many times I've been watching another person's kid have an epic shit show meltdown in the grocery store, often while their parents wheel around, ignoring them as though it just isn't happening as if we all deserve to be punished for their terrible parenting. Yes, I am a judgy and slightly awful human being. And I've immediately thought birth control. Dear God, please use it. Use it often. Here's money now. I beg you, do not have any more children ever. <laughs> Wait, I thought I thought for sure that you were building up to Sarah kind of taking it to, or giving us another perspective on the trials of motherhood. No, she's she's got my back. She says, I also fully agree with you guys on the, in theory, I forgive children for tantrums because they are children, but in practice, I hate their fucking guts and the guts of their parents. Yep. <laughs> I hate my own guts when my kid throws down for absolutely no reason, so it is totally A-OK for you to hate them too. <laughs> Children are sometimes adorable sociopaths, and we are all better off remembering that. So, Sarah, I just want to say thank you because what a nice I was note. I, I thought was we were going to get hollered at. No, no, I was sort of chewing on that, and I appreciate um, a parent's perspective on that and and a parent's sympathy. And 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 let me say, I know parents need way more sympathy than a childless couple that occasionally has to hear screaming children. I just have one more thing that I want to add to the end here, if I may. Since I work so hard on the show today, I feel like I deserve uh, to add a little bit. So I have a bit of a situation on my hands. You and I talked a little bit about it off air. I want to have a 100%. This is probably a stupid idea, but I want to have this conversation on the air. And I'm going to be 100% honest about everything, okay? Okay. I want to have a kid. No. Um, I. Uh, if you'll recall, our dear uh, friend, listener, Lauren, uh, wrote to us after she heard me saying on the show how much I wanted a Game Boy because I'm going through a midlife crisis and I never had a Game Boy when I was a kid and I thought maybe I could recapture some of my You thought you could stave off death? Yes, absolutely. So Lauren, sweet as she is, said, hey, listen, Walsh. She sent me this email. Um, I have this Game Boy. I bought it a while back because I had a similar reaction to you did. I just wanted to kind of have, have fun with it and I did have fun with it, but I'm done with it now. It's sitting on a shelf. I'm not using it. I'll send it to you. Now, I usually would not kind of just, t- especially a gift that I think, you know, costs something. You know, this is an old technology that is getting rarer and rarer. I would usually not just kind of accept something like that. Um, Lauren, I happen to have already sent something to her before. I kind of consider her a friend. Um, on the other podcast I work on, I was talking about this painting that I made in this one of those you sip wine and you paint things, and I made a bird smoking a cigarette and so and i said on that show if anybody wants this i'll mail it to you and lauren this was like a year or two ago said i'll definitely take that painting walsh so i mailed it to her so when you know a couple years later when she's like hey i got this thing that i can mail to you now 
I thought that that I felt more comfortable doing that, and that's why I accepted something that would be what I consider to be kind of a high value gift from a listener. Because other than uh, otherwise, I do think that, especially because you know TBTL, my other podcast, is something that I do for a living. There are very specific ethical guidelines that go along with that, and even what we're doing here, we don't want people. I don't know. I just a little a bit uncomfortable people spending money on us or anything like that, unless we en- end up actually having a fun drive or something like that. Well. Uh, Lauren sent me the Game Boy. I love it. I play with it from time to time. I um, then got an email from Michael, listener Michael, who I don't think I do have a history with. And he said, hey, I need your uh, an address I can send something to you at. And then the next day I got an email from him. I, I kind of forgot to respond to him. And he wrote, oh, no, I was behind a few shows. And I just heard that Lauren sent you a Game Boy. Well, I went out and bought a Game Boy for you. I went online. I found a Game Boy. He said, you know, I, I felt bad. I, I can't contribute to the, um, to the fundraiser we do on, on the other show. And, um, and so I, I just thought it would be a little token. And so I bought it, and I want to send it to you. Now, I told you this, and I'm, I'm tempted. I, I actually told Michael, I'm like, Michael, that is amazing. I feel a little uncomfortable accepting this from you, but it is true that I think the screen on Lauren's, no offense, Lauren, but I think it's going a little bit dark. I could be wrong about that. But I was like, hey, maybe maybe this other, the thing is already bought, and maybe it has a screen that I can see a little bit better. Um, I might be a boy with two Game Boys at age 40. But I, I also feel very weird about that. And I said to you, like, somebody else wants to send me a Game Boy, and you were just unequivocal. You said, no, you cannot accept these gifts from the listeners. Lauren was a specific example because you guys had already had this connection. Yeah, you guys, I just don't want you to feel like you have to send us stuff. Or, like, there's... I, that that just makes me feel, I don't know, terrible. Like, And for one thing, I never get anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't because I don't come on the show like it's my fucking Amazon wish list. That's why. <laughs> but you you all joking aside, you don't really think that I went on the show thinking no, oh, somebody's gonna send me a game no, boy. Of course not. But I just I, I really does would. and I joke around about like there's no thank God there's no ethical guidelines for podcasters. But you know we don't do this for money. We don't you, you know, we don't no one's offering to advertise with us but we don't do it from any money right we spend a little bit of our own money to host it but basically it's just our time and something we enjoy doing and the and really the reward i know this sounds corny the reward is that people listen that they maybe tell their friends about it that they engage with us on social media that they send us funny things that they're thinking about that we get them thinking and they get us thinking in in return so it really is um, I, I like the idea, actually, that there is no exchange here, that there's no, like, uh, you know, kind of commercial exchange to this, that it's truly just a community of, mm-hmm. of like-minded fellow, uh, like-minded people. So I'm not telling you not to accept gifts or, you know, like, you can do what you want to do. But I don't want this to become a thing where we are always in some stage of negotiation for some gift or good or serve, you know, or, or exchange. That's my only, that's why I get a little squirrely about it. God, though. I do already miss our scion. I wonder if anybody has a scion out there. They could ship me. Um, but what do I do? I, I agree with everything that you said, and I don't want to get into this situation where if I mention something like, you know, we do, we did a whole show. We're talking about commercials. Yeah. So we're talking about products all the time. Yeah. You know, that's why it came up was because there was a commercial for this old Nintendo store. It was actually a training video. And I went berserk looking at all these cool old Nintendo related things from my youth and things that I even coveted as a kid. So obviously, and I don't think you're actually accusing me of like kind of like trying to hold out a cup here and see if people will fill it up. Um, we talk about products a lot, and I talked about how much I want and love this or would like this one thing. But specifically in this case, what am I supposed to do? And first of all, Michael will hear this. I haven't responded to Michael's last email, by the way. We're kind of in the in the middle of this because I told him I'm very uncomfortable. Here's Here's one solution I thought of. I mean, in this particular case, and nobody else do this. Nobody else go out and buy us anything. Uh, and Michael... I love you, man. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that you do anything wrong. I mean, I, this is just sweetest thing I can possibly imagine, and we truly appreciate it. I do. Nobody's buying Genevieve anything. <laughs> um, in this case, I think it would be ruder 
for Michael to go out and buy this thing that he didn't even really want, and he bought it as a little gift and as a token, and he wants to send it to us. Here's what I think I would like to do. Michael insists that he will not take money for it. I think I should figure out something fun that I can send Michael back, and maybe uh, and, and that way we can do it. But here's the one rule about it, though. This is where I'm making things overly complicated and probably too too personal or something too honest is i don't want it to be tbtl related because like i like i have some extra like little sh- sh- swaggy things swag or swag swag Shwa- sh- swag swag you walk with swag you talk with swag but do you go to a conference and give out swag or swag swag you smoke swag if you have bad weed that's swag yeah okay Maybe I'll send him some swag. <laughs> yeah, so I can't send TBTL swag, I think, because then it does, then I really get into this line of like, listeners are sending me Andrew Walsh things, and then I'm, I'm sending out these things that are like owned by American yeah, public it media. Gets very, That's then really we start bad. to get into like actually some dicey territory. But how would you feel, Genevieve, as my partner in all of this? And only for this case, and then we, we shut it down, America. Mm-hmm. No, more, no more gifts for the kings. Um, we come up with something kind of fun that, that Michael and I can, we can trade care packages yeah. in this case. I'm down with that. And oh. do you think I hurt Lauren's feelings by like saying, I'm going to see if this one has that a better sound, screen? That sounds like a question for Lauren. Oh, Lauren. Oh, Michael. You see what your position you put me in here? But you guys, I don't mean to, I don't mean for my my rant there to sound like I don't think it's incredibly nice and generous. It's really nice and generous, but I just, I, I feel terrible that Michael went out and got something uh, only because he was an episode behind and didn't know that this, it was a, you know, an unnecessary gesture maybe. And I just don't want anyone else to be put in that position. So that's why I have sort of a blanket, uh, edict or request. And it's definitely, again, to both Michael and Lauren, not that we don't appreciate it. I mean, you guys are both absolutely the best. And honestly, like, I mean, obviously, our best listeners. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. God, I always wanted a boat. All right. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank yeah. you for everything. Um, just a reminder, we have a really fun Facebook group. And Genevieve, to reiterate what you said, the best gift you can give us is to yeah. tell people about the show, get more we people hooked. We are one Facebook group member away from 700 members. And that's pretty good because we have get... about, like, what, 1,600 listeners yes. or something? So we're like half half of you are on Facebook. Yeah. And also, tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend. Leave us a review on Leave Facebook. Leave us a review on uh, iTunes. Um, although I haven't checked iTunes in a long time because I lost my password Um, (laughs) send me an email and after these messages show at gmail send us a voicemail at 607-444-5597 that's it for today guys thank you as always we will talk to you next Tuesday